Welcome to the GenesisChurch.tv podcast with Scott Hunter. I'm your host, lead pastor of Genesis, Scott Hunter. Today, I'm interviewing the kids and special needs pastor of Genesis, Rachel Ritter, shining a spotlight on family ministry and all that it entails to serve a diverse community and a large age group. I pray this brings you hope and insight into vocational ministry. Thanks for tuning in. So Rachel, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you first stepped into ministry. My name is Rachel, as Pastor Scott said, and I was born and raised here in Tallahassee, um, well, just outside of Tallahassee in Havana. And so the Tallahassee area is is my community and, and loved growing up here. I'm a huge Florida State Seminoles fan. I've been going to the game since I was probably two, and, and, and I just love our community. And so as I uh, got older and got married and had kids and really started looking at you know, what long-term goals I had for my life. Uh, I really started, I was in a, in a place at that time in church and had the wisdom finally at that point to ask God what, what his call was for my life. And he was kind of pointing the direction into education. I had just had a lot of things that were lining up and, and people who were kind of speaking into my life. And so I got my degree in education and I added uh, an additional degree for exceptional student education for uh, those with special needs. And so I was pursuing that degree and was coming up on completion of it. And I remember a position came open at the church uh, for kids pastor. And I just remember thinking, oh, like, that would be neat, like, to do that, like, but like I already have my plan. So like in another life, like that would, like that'd be neat. And so uh, when, when Pastor Scott reached out and asked if I would consider kind of stepping down that path, um, you know, I really quickly realized that God um, had sort of been lining it up all along for years, unbeknownst to me. And so, um, and so then I stepped in and that's been about seven years ago. And I've been here ever since and can't imagine being anywhere else. What we think are our plans and what God has mapped out for us, sometimes he uh, begins to show us a different path. And most of the time, we don't think that either A, we're worthy to be in this position, or B, we don't think that we will ever have the opportunity to do something like this. And so, um, just like yours came out of left field, so did mine. Um, but that call is something that you either respond to and live in obedience and, and have the end game in mind that... You know, this is the one of the most important jobs, if not the most important job on earth. So originally stepping into this role, I grew up in church. Uh, my dad is Catholic um, and my mom was Southern Baptist. And so I grew up uh, going to church with both sides of my family. And for me, though, looking back, church was like a place that you went and religion was something, it was just kind of like, a checkbox and it was just something you did and so it really wasn't until I was an adult that I understood what relationship was compared to what just kind of being quote-unquote being a Christian is and so as an adult really understanding that it's all about relationship with Christ stepping into this role that became a, a huge driving force for me from the get-go because I just look back and think, man, how different would my life have been or what would it look like 
had I understood what relationship with Christ meant from an early age. So what are the practical ways that you now pour those ideals into the kids and parents of your ministry? So for for kids, to me, it's just, it's being consistent in communicating with them. Because I think sometimes as kids, we just see, oh, it's, it's churches for adults, or it's just these kind of big concepts. And I think that it's not made real to them. And so whenever I'm with kids, I try as much as I can to bring it down to their level and explain to them, like, this is, you have won the power and the control to make the choice for salvation. That's something I tell our kids almost every week. Like, your parents can tell you what you got to eat for dinner, what you have to probably wear to school or whatever it is. Only you get to make this choice. So regardless of how somebody else feels, um, this is your choice to make. And then we talk about what that means and how the things that we're going through and how the things that we're learning in the Bible, how it relates to their lives right now with very kind of real and practical applications. Like I'm always um, comparing it to their life and, and friends and school and, and what's, what their real life is because if they can't see how it fits into their life, they're not going to make it fit into their life. So how do you come alongside with parents? Do you send home daily devotions, weekend devotions? How does that look like where parents can kind of see what the kids are learning and then incorporate mom and dad into their world? So I try to reach parents through a couple of different mediums. We have uh, parent kind of partner sheets that we send home that kind of recap what we've learned that day, what we talked about, gives them scripture references where they can kind of extend the conversation We'll use social media to connect with them further, give them topics for ideas that um, will just start conversations at dinner. So in elementary, we have our Bible lesson for the day, and then we finish up our lesson with kind of our call to action. And so it's the three main points. Okay, so we learned this Bible story. Great. What does that mean for our lives? How do we relate it to what we're going through? And so we have those three main points. Well, every Thursday, I'll post those three main points to say, hey, like, here's how we continue the conversation. So talk about it more. And so I try to do that throughout the week and just allowing them to continue the conversations because the conversations are, it's, it's real life. It's where they're at. Parents are driving kids to school. They're sitting around the dinner table. That as much as we can bring Christ into our everyday normal lives, it, it makes it more real and practical to us. And it's not this thing, oh, we have to come in church and we have to dress a certain way. And that's what Jesus is when it's not. So we like to do things uh, to encourage our kids to be in the word. On Easter, we had a Bible Buddies adoption event. That was a ton of fun. And our kids still talk about it, which is huge. They, they, they came in on Easter. Everyone got to go to our adoption center and they adopted a stuffed animal. And we explained to them these stuffed animals survive off of not food or water, but off God's word. And they need you to read God's word to them every day. And so kids were going home and parents were saying, man, this is the first time that we've read our Bibles together as a family. Well, my favorite thing was seeing uh, parents post snapshots of their kids reading to their, their stuffed animals on their beds in their rooms and I think it was it was precious because then one person started doing it then somebody else started taking pictures of it and it just kind of spiraled into this like awesome feed on my Facebook page 
and, and I love seeing those moments where you can see that the kids are actually getting it because it means something to them and that it is not something that is disconnected like you grew up with, but it is incorporated every day of their life. And you're learning to teach parents to find the rhythm of their day. I love this scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 6 where it talks about the commands that God gives us is to put them on our hearts and then press them on your children as you sit at home, when you walk along the road, you lie down, you get up. Um, it's about tying the symbols on their hands and, and binding them to their foreheads. It's something that the Jews would do. They would put the actual scriptures and pouches and tie them on these little envelopes attached to this little headband. And really for us, practically, it's just whether you put a, a scripture on a sticky note or you begin to you know, recite that scripture with your kid in the car on the way to school, you find the rhythm of your day where there's just natural times where you get to sit and talk about what they've learned in kids' church, what they've learned in special needs church. You know, what that looks like is just up to you on when you make time just to have natural conversations and bring God into that. So I love that. I encourage you to keep doing that. I'm very proud of you. Tell me quickly, like, a couple things. Like, how do you make kids' church fun? Because I think a lot of times we grew up that church was a drag and you got dragged by your parents to church. But that's not our philosophy. So tell me what makes your experience great. So it's a balancing act for sure, I think, to, to balance the seriousness of what we are doing is teaching kids about relationship with Christ, things that matter for eternity. That's a huge deal, and that can be very heavy, but trying to balance that out with reaching them at their level in a fun way. So one of the things that we like to do is just in the way that we structure our experiences we try to make them very fast paced we don't want kids to get bored so we're constantly kind of moving from one thing to the next and to, to break it up to just keep them on their feet we like to incorporate fun games in the in the midst of things just to kind of keep them having fun because you you the juxtaposition of a fun game within a bible story they're they're kind of on that you know roller coaster of oh man this is fun awesome and then we put the Bible story next to it so they they have those feelings of of positivity and fun and then you're coupling it with a Bible story. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about special needs. Our church revolves around this concept that we are to meet the special needs community, and we've done this in every aspect from our kids church to teens and adults and we started our own nonprofit called Shine Tallahassee Incorporated. We host one of the largest Night to Shine proms in the world with the Tebow Foundation um, or for the Tebow Foundation and last time Tim came here with this entire crew and so this is something that we love this is the heartbeat of our church but what does that look like on a Sunday morning and what are the type of crowds that you get? So as varied as the special needs community is, that is the, the variety of individuals that we get at our, in our church across all of, of our classrooms and all of our experiences. And it's an absolute uh, beautiful thing. So we, when we have a new family that comes, the first thing I do is um, tell them about our church. I take them on a tour. I show them our typical classrooms. The last class that I show them is our special needs classroom. I always extend uh, main service as an option. And, and we just say, you know, we're here to, to meet your needs wherever you feel most comfortable and most fed and, and whatever that looks like. And that's really going to be different for everyone. I think to say you have one special needs ministry, I mean, if you have 
four people in your special needs ministry, I think you kind of have like four different special needs ministries because everybody just needs something different. So in all of our typical classrooms, we have children with uh, a variety of, of diagnoses and, and disabilities. And so we do a lot of modification and accommodation in that classroom and just kind of meeting them um, in that more that lesser restrictive environment. Um, but we have some friends who thrive kind of in a smaller atmosphere with more one-on-one -on -one attention. And so our self-contained classroom absolutely fits their need best, allowing uh, them to have more of a say in what the class looks like in, in order to meet their needs. And, and we encourage them to, to advocate for themselves um, in there. And, and it's a beautiful thing. That class is an all-age classroom. However, a lot of times it tends to be our older individuals. I think a lot of churches, even if they don't have a special needs ministry, you find that they can kind of make it work for younger kids in their children's ministry. But what happens is you get, as they start to get older and as they become teenagers and young adults, that's where churches kind of don't know what to do anymore. And I think that's what we see a lot of. We see a lot of teens and young adults or older, more mature adults, who cognitively might still be a, a young child, might be 10 or 12 years old cognitively, and and need a, a lesson uh, just brought to them at their level. And that's where other churches struggle. And so our self-contained classroom uh, really fits, the, fits that need. But I also see so many, and, and if you've ever attended our main service ex worship experience, you will see individuals with disabilities all across that that environment and I think one most of them think that Pastor Scott is funny and maybe funny looking and so they love being in Thanks, there <laughs> so they love being in there and that is absolutely you know the, the best place for them um, but and I think it also helps though too that that as a lead pastor I'm involved with what we call Friday Night Shine and I help run the whole thing with you which is our uh, outreach for the entire community, which is just basically a celebration night with a different theme each time. So they see my face, they know me, and they're comfortable. But here's my encouragement to other pastors. I'm in a unique position because this is part of my heart and my calling as well. And to incorporate adults with special needs, you're going to learn to have to be flexible. And you're going to have a heart, or have to have a heart, for people who might interrupt your service, might break out and dance, might get up and walk across the front of the auditorium, which they sometimes do, uh, or talk out loud and say amen, because, you know, when it's the most inappropriate time. Um, and, and it's okay. And if your church has a culture that says, we love everyone with special needs, and we believe that everyone needs to learn about Christ on his or her own level, and the best place for them is in the auditorium, then they just are used to it. I think it probably catches people off guard when they're not accustomed to seeing adults with special needs and kids with special needs in every aspect of their church. Our church is a little bit different like that, so I want to encourage other pastors. It is a great idea to spend time with the special needs ministry get to know your special needs teachers don't let it be just a ministry that's operating your church that you have no clue about 
but make sure that you are taking time to at least get to understand who these adults are, who these individuals are, and as you love them, they will in turn love you back so much more than you ever thought. It's all right to have a messy service because life is a little bit messy. And we've heard, and the thing that Rachel has constantly said to me, is that when new families come, what are the first thing they say to you, Rachel? 90, 99% of the time, a new family will come and say, we heard you've had a, you have a special needs ministry. We want to check it out. We've been asked to leave the last however many churches we've been at. Every time. How much does that break the heart of the Father? That church is not a place for everyone is ridiculous. Um, but why don't you tell us, before we wrap this thing up, a little bit about uh, tailoring some of our curriculum towards adaptability because that's a really big thing when you work with either kids or typical kids or kids with special needs what does that look like how do we make that function for anybody of any level of any cognitive ability sometimes all in the same room so that's one of the things pastor scott and i often go and teach and speak at conferences and the top things that we get from people is one, how do I get my senior pastor on board, which is, you know, why what Pastor Scott just said is such a, an important message because I think, you know, the Great Commission, I mean, there wasn't an asterisk there that exempted certain people from us reaching. So I think that's really, really important. Um, but one of the other things is churches that don't have a special needs ministry who have kids with disabilities in their classrooms, how do we make it work? How do we make the curriculum work? How do we make the experience work? And sometimes it's just, it is just small modifications in what you're doing or accommodations, but you have teachers in some of these classrooms who are just there because they want to help out and they want to serve and they might not have formal training. So I think one of the easiest places to start is even just thinking about the five senses. And so taking if you ha if you utilize a curriculum, taking that, and that's what when we, we started to write our own curriculum because we realized that is a gap in the, in the marketplace for churches is something that is tailored for individuals, children and adults with disabilities. And so we started looking at, okay, so if I remove vision, that sense, how can I still do this? If yeah, I how can I play this game? How can I do this activity? Right, so instead of thinking about like maybe how to reach each, each sense, take out each sense and then how do you do it? If you have someone who can't physically use their, their limbs and can't, you know, we have an individual in our uh, church, she uses everything with her mouth. So she's, she, the, the sense of touch, she can't really do things with her hands. So think about that, if I remove this sense, how can I make it work? And just kind of doing that, you'll be surprised at how creative you actually can get. Because here's the thing, God wants us to reach these individuals. He, you ask for it, you pray for it, he will give you that, that wisdom and that creativity. And it can be so much fun. Some of our lessons for our Chosen for Glory curriculum are absolutely hysterically funny and a blast. Yeah, when we're laughing so hard while we're writing them that we can't type, you know what's good. And then, <laughs> so at our Rise and Shine Day program, that is for adults over 18 graduates from high school or, you know, relatively the same age bracket. My mom and dad are the ones that go over there and teach the Bible lesson each week. And they're using the Chosen for Glory curriculum 
and our kids love it. So my encouragement is to not be afraid to try something different. You can fail at things. We bought a seven foot tall blow up soccer ball and played a game the other night at Friday Night Shine and it ended up being a wrestling match and plowing kids over was not a good choice of the lead passer. <clears throat> Way to go me. Um, and so it was It was an epic fail, but it was sure great for pictures. Um, but we'll, we're going to try something different the next time. So, Rachel, give us a little bit of encouragement on the way out here. What, what are some of the great things that you've seen result as far as um, either coaching kids that are typical or are friends with special needs? How do you see them come alive? Like, give me an example. Tell a story of someone... Uh, you know, uh, in, in both arenas, like when you see people pour their lives into serving, because mm -hmm. honestly, all kids church, all yeah. special needs church is volunteer based. You can only have teachers that are volunteer teachers typically in, in churches that are our size and up, which is anywhere between 400 and 600, depending on the weekend. So you've got to share with us a little bit about what does that look like when you see a light switch on? And, and what does it feel like when you see someone come alive or find something that they love? So I think that's one of the most kind of emotional parts of my job. And that's one of the things that always kind of gets me teared up is, is, is the beauty of the kind of the big picture. So I think there's a couple layers to, to my answer. So we are a volunteer run ministry and from personal experience you know i've loved over the years watching my own kids grow i have an almost 13 year old and a 14 year old and even as kids listening to the way that they would describe and talk about their teachers they're just sunday school teachers and how much they love them oh i can't i can't wait to be in class on Sunday because so-and-so is the teacher and I just love them. So seeing that relationship that that we are, are providing to our kids, because here's the thing, parents, you want to have other people speaking into the lives of your kids who are not you. Because whether you want this to happen or not, you're gonna come to a, a time in your life where your kids are not gonna listen to you. They're not gonna think that any, they're gonna think you don't know anything and that everything you say is wrong. I am in that time of my life right now. <laughs> yes. <And> so, <laughs> Amen. Amen. So having people in your kid's life that they know and love and trust who you know will speak truth and life and encouragement into them. And will say the same thing that you would say to your kid out of a different voice from a different perspective. Who they will listen to. Yeah, that is it biblically is, sound. It is, it is invaluable. So I, my hat's off, I mean, to our volunteers. But what I love is I love the experience that our volunteers provide for our kids, both typical and those with varying disabilities, for them to, to learn and grow. And then what I think gets me super emotional <laughs> is when you start to see the kids get it or our adults uh, with special, special needs start to get it and you see them come alive, you see them becoming the person who God has created them to be. And then as they begin to step into their calling and knowing that that our church has played a role in that and that our that our volunteers have played a role in that, that is 
insanely, I mean, beautiful and, and incredible. And, and there's no words because what we're doing again is, is for eternity. So I think a couple of specifics, we have an individual, uh, he is an adult. Well, he's now 21 or 22, but I remember when he was like 17, 18 and he was nonverbal. He never spoke and he would attend our Friday night shines and we had a lot of fun. Well, we started doing crafts in there. Um, probably about the second or third year that we were doing Friday Night Shines. Probably about the second year. And we started doing crafts. And we, I don't know what made us think we should do paint. But uh, we were very small back then. So we did paint. And we put a paintbrush. Made a mess. And we made a mess. <laughs> we made a mess. But it was a lot of fun. But I remember, I can remember where I was standing. I can remember where he was sitting. And I remember him with a paintbrush in his hand. And I remember looking at his face and I can still see like he just came to life in that moment his face almost physically looked different to me and you just I mean it was like the scales falling off like it just was this beautiful thing and since that day as we began to to get to know him more and and provide more opportunities for him to to grow and and he one talks all the time now he began to talk and communicate and fast forward several years this past weekend um he has started recently serving in our church and and that's really for me that's the ultimate it's watching these kids that have grown up in our ministry began to serve began to uh, step into different areas of our church and and just lead lead the life that, that god's kind of laid out for them um, but he is now chatty Kathy and <laughs> serves and welcomes people into our church. And, and it, it brought me to tears on Sunday, just thinking about the, the transformation and the journey and how incredibly great God is. And, and just when we say yes, and just when we, um, answer, answer the call. And I think, again, our volunteers are just people who said yes. And so I, I can't. Um, speak enough into uh, to the countless I mean hundreds and hundreds of lives that they have impacted and and changed for the kingdom so yeah no it's it's incredible and and I love that when people walk in the door and you have uh, a young adult with special needs handing out a worship guide or a connect card and it just says to me you're in a different kind of church that loves everybody right off the bat and then I think Again, it goes back to creating culture. It might take people a little bit off guard <laughs> up at front, but like more that they are a mm-hmm. part of it and the more that they see anybody and everybody is welcome here, um, it, it speaks volumes about the love of Christ because Jesus hung out with everyone that the rest of the world would cast aside, would look away, would you know consider the least of these Um, And that's not who we are. We celebrate everyone. And so I think, you know, help create that culture in this world. Lift up those that people don't tend to put in first place. You know, our whole job is to serve. Well, that means serve the people that are like you, serve the people that are different from you, serve the people that, you know, might come in and don't speak a word and then pour your life into them and watch what happens three, four, five years later when they're the ones that are greeting people at the front door um, and speaking words where they've never spoken before in their entire life.
That's the impact that you have. That is ministry. That is practical. That is love. So thank you again, Rachel, for being here today. This has been another podcast of GenesisChurch.tv with Scott Hunter, lead pastor here at Genesis Church in Tallahassee. Tune in each Sunday at 929 or 1101 on YouTube, Vimeo, Facebook, and live.genesischurch.tv. Or just come visit us in person here at 4070 Mission Road in Tallahassee, Florida. Catch us for our weekly messages and midweek interviews like this one. Thanks for joining us.